Dear colleagues, my name is Antonis Katamis and I would like to present to you the new agents for the treatment of thalassemia. It is true that the treatment of thalassemia has evolved dramatically over the last years and the majority of the patients are expected, more than 8%, to celebrate their 50th birth date. Nevertheless, the treatment of thalassemia is, has a significant burden. On one hand, we have the curative uh, therapy, which is hematopoietic stem cell transplantation from an HLA-compatible donor, in preference a family donor. On the other hand, we have a conservative treatment, which is a demanding because you need to get transfusion every two to four weeks, lifelong, all your life, which transfusion will eventually lead to iron overload and you need to get a daily iron chelation treatment. And despite all the efforts, all the patients will develop some time of comorbidities. So although the survival is much better, uh, the quality of life of the patient and the burden of the disease remains significant. So there is plenty of space for improvement. And I will discuss to you the different agents that have been tried to improve the thalassemia. Uh, and I will divide them in four categories according to where these agents act. We'll start from the beginning. Uh, the first step is to improve and restore the very unbalanced globin chain production. As you know, in thalassemia, you have a very uh, significant disequilibrium between the production of the alpha and then non-alpha, that means beta and gamma globin chain production. There are different agents that have been tried. Uh, the prototype is hydroxyurea, which is very well known from the sickle cell disease. And in non-transfusion dependent thalassemia, has shown to be able to increase the fetal hemoglobin by 1 to 1.5 grams. And uh, this uh, can make a difference in non-transfusion dependent thalassemia, though the results are not homogeneous. Other drugs like thalidomide and oral synthetic glutamic acid derivative, IMR687 and phosphodiesterase 9 inhibitor, which increase the intracellular cyclic GMP levels, benzyls reside and oral drug using Parkinsonian disease, and sirolimus, an immunosuppressive agent, have also been shown in preclinical models at least to increase the hemoglobin F. And then we we'll move to the B category of uh, the uh, curative therapies. And as we discussed, hematopoietic stem cell transplantation from an HLA-compatible donor, either being a family donor or an unrelated donor, is a well-established uh, curative method for thalassemia. Aploidetical uh, donors also have been uh, used, but this is still related with significant toxicity and decrease survival and uh, over, over long therapeutic efficacy. Thus, it should be done under a clinical trial setting and in institutions that have uh, the experience of using aplantetical donors. On the other hand, we have the gene therapy. And as you can see, both the gene therapy and the hematopoietic stem cell transplantation follow a fairly similar stepwise process. For the gene therapy, which either gene addition or gene editing, uh, we collect at the first step, we collect autologous hematopoietic stem cell. Then we transfer them to the lab where the cells are manipulated. And then the manipulated cells are reinfused back to the patient who in the meantime can undergo a myeloablative therapy. 
Now, there is two types of gene therapy. Either is the gene addition, when we introduce a gene and we introduce a gene construct which includes the gene that we want in, in for thalassemia is the beta-globin gene, along with the element necessary for its expression, the locus control regions. This is introduced by a vector. Uh, the more advanced results have been shown with the lentiviral vector, and the, these are with uh, the beta cell or the otherwise known beta-beclogene or totem cell. Recently, the long-term effect has been uh, announced, and it showed that more than 80% of the patients who have a non-beta-0, beta-0 genotype were able to become transfusion-dependent. And this effect seems to be long-lasting with minimal toxicity. Uh, the, the procedure was also used for young, for adolescent patients and for pediatric patients, and these results have been shown, and they, have, they are very comparable with the adult results. This is a very potent therapy and a very promising therapy. On the other hand, of the gene editing techniques, we affect the, the, uh, pro the production or the expression of one of the genes. So far, the focus has been the BCL11A, which is the main silencer of the gamma globin gene in the postnatal period. Its disruption will lead to the reactivation of the gamma globin gene. Advanced studies of the cellular product CTX001, consisting of autologous CT334 hematopoietic stem cell modified by the CRISPR-Cas9 nuclease mediated method, have been shown and have been presented today, uh, this year at the EHA late, late, as a late EHA late-breaking abstract. In this abstract, 42 of the 44 patients uh, became transfusion dependent, while two of the 44 patients that did not become transfusion dependent showed a significant decrease of uh, the transfusion burden. And this has been for a follow-up for up to more than three years with a mean follow-up of 12.3 months. These initial studies have established the proof of concept of this potent therapeutic approach. Different other gene therapies are employing different other editing techniques, like the base editing, which modifies the beta-globin gene, and are expected to under clinical trial uh, settings soon. Both the gene addition and the gene editing have the potential to achieve transfusion independence, but there are some problems. Manipulation and expansion of the hematopoietic stem cell is still cumbersome and needs to be done only in specialized uh, centers. Uh, there is the need of the preparative myeloablative regimen which is associated with significant toxicities and uh, long-term uh, adverse event and the long-term efficacy both in regards to the hematological values, the transfusion requirements, the residual ineffective erythropoiesis, the clinical complication, especially the oncogenesis and the long-term safety uh, is still to be proven. Now we move to the next category uh, of drugs that affect a second step of the pathogenesis of thalassemia, which is the ineffective erythropoiesis. We do, know, we do know that there is a significant disruption of the differentiation process, which leads to expansion of the erythroblastic mass, significant decrease of the late stage 
uh, differentiation of the red blood cell precursors, intramedullar apoptosis, along with extramedullar hemolysis. All these are driven by an overflow of different cytokines like erythropoietin and transforming growth factor beta ligands. In order to induce a more efficacious differentiation process of the erythroid precursors, different agents have been tried. The first-class agents that act in these states of ineffective erythropoiesis are recombinant fusion proteins that act as ligand traps, which prevent binding of some TGF-beta ligands like GTF11, GTF8, PMT10, and activin P to the activin uh, receptor 2P. In the uh, the pivotal trial of uh, belief, 21.4% of the patients treated with Nspatercept compared to 4.5% treated with placebo were able to achieve a more than 33% reduction of their transfusion burden. Collected data from uh, the real-world users of Nspatercept along with long-term effect, uh, more than three years of the safety and efficacy uh, are consistent with prolonged response and are consistent with the initial reports and are shown in the EHA 2022. There are also data that the drug is effective in non-transfusion dependothelacemia and more than 50% of the patients were able to achieve an increasing hemoglobin more than 1.5 grams per deciliter. And the drug is also uh, on entering clinical trials for pediatric use and alpha thalassemia. On the other hand, other type of agents like ruxolutinib, which is a JAK1-2 inhibitor, did not achieve their end point of decreasing transfusion burden and it was not advanced to further clinical trials. Uh, recombinant uh, hemoerythropoietin and arboproietin alpha have been also been used with, but with mixed results. The third states of uh, the pathogenesis of the thalassemia where its different agents have been attempted is trying to restore uh, the iron homoesthesis which very dysregulated in thalassemia as hepcidin is inappropriately suppressed compared to the iron overload and thus it, there is a continuous re release of iron from the reticular endothelial system and a continuous absorption of iron from the GI tract despite the iron levels. Different agents targeting the iron dysregulation have been evaluated. Studies with the synthetic human hepcidin and hepcidin mimetic did not achieve their, their primary endpoints and did not advance to further clinical trials past phase two. At this point, there are two lichen-conjugated agents, an anti-cess oligonucleotide and a small interfering RNA, which induce hepcidin production from the liver by targeting the transmembrane serine protease 6 matriptase, and these drugs are currently on trial. Finally, there is another drug, oral, the oral agents VIT, oral agent VIT, 2763 or Vamifeport, which targets the ferroportin, which is the unique cellular iron exporter and the receptor of hepcidin, 
and the trial with the use of Amifit port in thalassemia and sickle cell disease are currently ongoing. The final steps are the stage of the pathogenesis of thalassemia that we have targeted is trying to decrease the hemolysis because we do know that the thalassemic red blood cells have a very high hemolytic rate. Decreasing the hemolytic vulnerability of the thalassemic red blood cells is a potential therapeutic target. Uh, Mitapivat, which is an allosteric activated of the pyruvate kinase and which has been marketed for pyruvate kinase deficiency, has been shown to increase the uh, activity of pyruvate kinase, increase the intracellular ATP levels, and thus improving both the ineffective erythropoiesis and the red blood cell survival by decreasing hemolysis, at least in preclinical thalassemic models. The initial phase two results in no transfusion-dependent thalassemic patients, both alpha and beta thalassemic patients, and this is important because this is the first agent that has been tried for alpha thalassemia, are very encouraging, and more than 80% of the patients show a long-term increase of hemoglobin by more than one gram per deciliter. A second pulvate kinase activator, etavopivat, has shown promising results in sickle cell disease and is going to be also evaluated in thalassemia. As you can see, the field of therapeutic intervention of thalassemia has evolved rapidly over the last years. We have moved from the dogma of only blood transfusion and inoculation therapy and maybe hematopoietic stem cell transplantation in the lucky patients that are younger at age, less than 14 or 17, and they do have NHLA compatible in preference sibling donor. And we have moved from this dogma to alter the different steps of the pathogenesis of thalassemia. And these agents can be introduced either as monotherapy or combination therapy. And this is very important to know because even though as a monotherapy, an agent may not show very significant improvement, if we use a combination treatment, then we might have a much, much more potent efficacy and achieve the optimal goal of improving quality of life, decreasing transfusion burden, etc. So this is our goal, to increase, uh, decrease the burden of the disease to improve the quality of life. But there is also a very, very big concern because the cost of this drug seems to be very high and we would like to see these new agents to be able to be introduced in the therapeutic algorithms and benefit the majority of the patient, as many patients as possible. Uh, there is certain experience of the market withdrawals from the European Union of Betisel, uh, the, uh, the gene therapy products, the uh, uh, Betibeclo gene autotem cell, which initially got a provisionally marketing authorization for, United, for the for European Union, but because of the very high cost, the system could not be uh, could not absorb the cost, and the company had to withdraw that from the market. Uh, gave us a sign that we need to have a cost-controlling approach. We need to make these new agents more affordable. Definitely a strong collaboration of scientists, pharma, patients' association, and societies is necessary. The future of 
the three month leukemia definitely looks brighter. Thank you for your attention.